I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today, one of the one of the best in the business at over at ESPN, Brooke Pryor, covering the Steelers. Brooke, how are we doing today? You know, we're we're hanging in there. It, are we sure it's just week four? Because yeah. it feels like it's a lot later. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of crazy, obviously, week as we were kind of just talking about it off air. Everything that happened last night, recorded on Friday, uh, with the Tua stuff, and obviously we hope Tua is okay. And you know, obviously, some hopefully better football this weekend. And we don't have to talk too much about injuries. Um, it seems crazy the Jets are one and ten in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers are one and two. And you know, we're coming into a match- matchup that I think. I thought it was going to be slightly more exciting, probably going into the year, uh, maybe optimistically. The Steelers have struggled a little bit first through the first couple of weeks. What have your kind of, uh, I guess, takeaways of, of the first couple of weeks of the Steelers season, Mitch under center and kind of no more Big Ben, which is obviously a big adjustment? Yeah, it, it's been a really rocky first three weeks of the season, offensively and defensively. I mean, offensively, the players are, are saying now, and I think that we should have expected it from the beginning, that it would be a rough transition and a rough start just because there are a lot of new faces. Guys are being put in different positions like Chase Claypool moving into the slot. And then, of course, there's a new quarterback. The O-line is new. Matt Canada's concepts while the Steelers used a lot of them last year, again, it's still new people that are running those things. So it has not meshed uh, for three weeks, hasn't meshed. Um, the O-line, though, I will say I have been very impressed with the O-line. Um, I think there was a really low bar for them that was set after that Jacksonville preseason game when they did not play well at all. And it felt like whoever was at quarterback was running for their life the whole game. Um, they've really improved. I'm, I'm not ready to say that they're, you know, a, one of the best units in the league by any means. But they're protecting Mitch Trubisky. I don't think any of the sacks that he's taken have been on the line. Um, So that aside, I just think that this offense as a whole hasn't been able to find a rhythm. It seems like they find one when they go tempo, but then that puts the defense back on the field. This defense is playing an absurd number of snaps a game, and it's just not feasible for them to continue this way because not only does the offense go tempo, 
sometimes, which again is a positive. So I don't, I don't want to say, oh no, they should never go tempo. No, that's great. Keep doing that. But they also tend to have really short possessions. There's been a lot of three and outs. I think there were three or four back to back um, in the Browns loss in the second half. So they're just not able to get anything going. And Mike Tomlin talks a lot about playing complimentary football. That's not happening so far. You know, Mitch Trubisky was taking some more risks in the first half against the Browns. He was pushing the ball down the field more. He saw George Pickens. He hit Pickens for that crazy grab, 36 yards. Um, but again, with the lack of rhythm and consistency, that didn't carry through to the second half. And the Steelers explained it as, you know, the Browns just made better second half or yeah, the Browns just made better second half adjustments, but the Steelers have to make those too. They are also a professional football team. You know, that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and then defensively, not only are they playing a ton of snaps because the offense has such a low time of possession, they're also not playing without TJ Watt. They haven't had in the last two weeks, torn peck. Um, that he had at the end of the first game, that overtime win against Cincinnati when he played out of his mind, the entire defense played out of their mind, um, had five turnovers. Without TJ Watt, they're not able to get the same amount of pressure. And that's really affected what this defense can do. It's put a lot of stress on the secondary. Uh, Malik Reed has played okay, he, but he's not TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith leads the league in sacks, but he's also not TJ Watt. And there's just a noticeable drop-off, I feel like, in both energy and production without him. So at this point, the Steelers kind of feel like they they haven't quite hit their stride in any phase of the game, and that's led to this, this one and two start, and it could get even worse before it gets better. Yeah, they're going into a, a pretty difficult stretch of games here. I think uh, the next four is, is is quite difficult, obviously, and I think that was a lot of the reasoning. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think part of the reasoning for not going to Kenny Pickett so far was like outside of this game, you're throwing him right into the fire of four pretty difficult games. I think post by they have uh, a little bit of an easier stretch. You mentioned the offensive line. I think it was something that I was worried about from a Steelers perspective, as you mentioned going into the year. Um, I don't think, like you mentioned, they haven't been as bad as I thought they'd be. I think the Jets offensive line was supposed to be much better and has actually been very good. So it's been kind of a kind of flip there. Um, you mentioned all the weapons the Steelers have. I think something that I'm sure covering this team day in and day out can be frustrating is the lack of throwing the ball over the middle of the field, which um, I think we all know why that now it's Mitch Trubisky and Russell Wilson hate the middle of the field, but um, it's still pretty, it's still pretty funny when you look at these spray charts and the next gen stat charts that come out on Mondays uh, when in regards to Mitch, you mentioned TJ Watt and I know, look, I, I think TJ Watt's a top three probably player in the NFL, let alone uh, defensive player. And they're 0-7 without him. Uh, you mentioned some of the energy and, you know, there are some other really talented players on the defense, but how, like, how do they, how do they cope with that? You know, this week, especially against a more mobile quarterback and Zach Wilson, because I think the sack numbers, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's like three and a half with TJ Watt in the field and like one and a half or something somewhat similar to that. So there's a big drop off and I understand that's going to happen with a good player, but it's a pretty stark difference when he's on the field and how dominant this defense could be. Yeah, it really is. And that was one of the first things that Mike Tomlin mentioned when he was giving us his lengthy breakdown uh, of both quarterbacks, because on Tuesday, when he talks, we did not know that it would be Zach Wilson. I think that that was kind of the way it was trending, but you know, he, he gave us the scouting report on both those guys. And he said, the thing that makes Zach Wilson so dangerous is one, they don't have any in-stadium experience with him. There's no tape on him from this year. It's, it's just from last season. And then the other thing is his mobility 
is a difference maker and it is a unique challenge for this team. I mean, I would look to see they could add another inside linebacker. Maybe they go three outside linebackers. I think that they just have to clog up the middle of the field more. Um, and then also, I thought it was interesting that he, Mike Tomlin, who he could have not made a change to the two date to the two deep and started Montrevis Adams over Tyson Alulu. And I don't think anyone would have really noticed the difference there, but I, I feel like he was trying to make a statement in that and putting Montrevis Adams at nose tackle. I think Adams has played pretty well. He looked good in camp before he got hurt. Um, but I think that a, maybe that's motivating to Montrevis um, saying, Hey man, I believe in you. We really need you to be a valuable part of this team. Um, and I don't know what that means as far as how Tyson Alulu is playing. Um, playtime will be affected, but I, I would expect the Steelers to use both of them because they're going to have to throw in, rotate a bunch of different guys just to try to contain Zach Wilson because this run defense from last season that was the worst in the league is still not great. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards on the ground to the, to the Browns. I mean, Nick Chubb had a really big game um, and, and they haven't faced a mobile quarterback like Zach Wilson yet this season. This is going to be a really tough challenge for this defense. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see Zach come back because um, I think everyone saw the talent coming out of BYU. I think everyone's very excited to see him. Every day in camp leading up to it, I was incredibly impressed with how much he'd grown. And then he comes out in the Eagles game and throws an awful interception and runs, at, scrambles out of the pocket and hurts himself. So I've, I don't think anyone has any idea what we're going to see on Sunday. It could be um, – you know, more like what he played against Tampa and Tennessee in these really highlight nice plays, or we could see the Patriots game, Zach Wilson. I literally have no idea. I think it's everyone's best guess. And I think I'm sure that frustrates someone like Mike Tomlin because there's such a regimented, organized, you know, organization for lack of a better term that it is weird seeing a quarterback you haven't seen yet. Um, in terms of the receivers, I kind of want to just get your quick opinion. Um, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole. I joked with you about Matt Canada and people's disdain for him right now. And I'm, on Steelers Twitter. Um, but it feels weird that they have so many weapons in terms of Claypool, Johnson. Um, obviously, you know, everyone wants George Pickens more involved. Najee Harris, the first round pick. But it feels like it's a very vanilla, like a lot of jet sweeps with Trace Claypool. Like, cool, yay. Um, I know Jets fans are frustrated with Elijah Moore's usage. But from a Steelers perspective, how do they get these guys more involved? Because I feel like they're a really good unit, and I don't feel like you've seen that yet, um, at least I think, through his whole yeah. game. I'm with you. I, I got, I got so excited in training camp and in the off season, looking at the receivers that they had, looking at who they added in the draft. I don't know if Calvin Austin's going to be a factor. He's on IR right now, but his weapon, he, he's fast. He can be an inside guy or an outside guy. We're not even talking about him yet again, because he hasn't played. You add in George Pickens, you add in Claypool, all those guys that you just mentioned. I just, I, I don't know if it's a Matt Canada problem, the Mitch Trubisky saying the plays are there. We just have to make them. The plays are on tape. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I don't know if it's a hesitancy on his part to throw it down the field. We do know Matt Canada loves jet sweeps. He he likes to get, I think, cute at the line of scrimmage, and that hurts this offense. Um, it is very vanilla, but I, I wonder if it just needs to be more basic. Like Mitch Trubisky said, hey, I, every quarterback deep down in their core wants to throw the ball as far as they can. So I have an Uncle Rico offense. I don't know. Like, just do something to stretch the ball down the field. Cause right now, yes, it, it's great. But I, I just, just to see, you know, to, to get 10 yards on a chase Claypool jet sweep, he has so many more talents and traits as a, that make him a good wide receiver. To me, speed is top four, but it's not top one or two. This is a big bodied guy. I know they want to use him in the slot. You can, I think that he can take the beating in the middle of the field that happens when you're in the slot, but I just want to see them get him out in space, have him make some of the combat catches. He struggled with that last year. We saw him get a lot better this year. He worked with Brandon Marshall in the off season. Um, I know they like Deontay on the sideline. I think that that is a good move because he is a smaller guy. You really don't want him in the middle of all that traffic, but I mean, they, they've just got to do something other than this, this cutesy jet sweep stuff. Yeah. It's, it's almost seems very predictable. I was talking with somebody earlier today and said like, the Steelers sometimes a lot of teams will motion for people. I mean, I know you understand this, but for people that maybe don't understand, like the people, a lot of people use motion, to identify coverage or to try to move the line of scrimmage, try to get people in mismatches and all these different things. It feels like the Steelers just kind of motion, just to motion because like it's the right thing to do. And it's like, just because a guy goes in motion, it's kind of obvious if they're getting the ball or not after a time and teams get tells. Um, we saw that with Cincinnati have to figure that out after the first couple of weeks where every time they were under center, they'd run every time they were in shotgun, they'd pass. Um, kind of wanted to ask you one like bigger picture question the Steelers it's interesting when you hear Mike Tomlin talk about you know the excitement but also the nervousness of not having you know Ben Roethlisberger under center obviously it's been there forever and even though every year he would you know semi-retire body-wise he'd be back in camp and um, how likely I guess I know everyone Jets fans fear this week is like oh the, the Jets are gonna be up 13 nothing and then Kenny Pickett's gonna come in and we're gonna have Baker Mayfield entrance part two like Am I wrong? I don't see that happening. I just don't think Mike Tomlin's going to do that. Like that's not a that's not a Steelers thing to do. Of jump the gun and just throw a picket right in there. No, <laughs> it is not. And, and I think you are dead on on that. the The thing that we've heard Mike Tomlin say from day one this season is he has patience and belief in this offense. Whether that's too much belief, I don't know. But the overarching message has been shut out the noise, 
focus on ourselves, fix us, fix, fix within the constraints that we've already given you and buy in, trust your teammates. All of the things he's saying does not suggest a mid-game quarterback change. This is not an organization that does these things lightly. Um, we saw in 2019 when Ben Roethlisberger was hurt, they were kind of interchangeable with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. But I think that they could do that because they knew that neither one of those guys was the future of this organization. We are being realistic here when we say Kenny Pickett is the future of this organization. That's why they drafted him in the first round. They're going to be a lot more careful about how they handle him instead of a third rounder that, you know, was drafted to back up Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe at one point they had a first round grade on him. I know that that's been hotly debated in Pittsburgh about Mason Rudolph, but he was never drafted to be the heir apparent. In this case, that is that is what they're doing for Kenny Pickett. So they are going to be very deliberate and very methodical about how they use him. At this point, if they were going to put him in for this game, they would have been mixing him into the game plan after the after the Thursday night game when they had 10 days to prepare. I that has not, I have been given no indication that that's what's been happening. They're, they're not going to pull a fast one. I don't think we're going to see that it, if they get down in a hole that they're going to let Kenny Pickett come in. I would be more, I think we would be more likely to see some tempo for Matt Canada in that case. Um, it could end up being the best thing that would happen for the Steelers because they couldn't play conservatively. You have to dig yourself out of a hole. Um, I, I do think that maybe we'll see Mitch Trubisky get some more freedom with audibles, um, something that he said he couldn't really do. Uh, when we talked with him, I believe prior to the Browns game, um, which is concerning, maybe you should trust your veteran quarterback, even if he's not a veteran to you, he's been a starter and he's been somewhat successful in this league. It has, you know, maybe not the best consistency, but he is, a, he has a football mind. I think that you have to relinquish some control if you're Matt Canada in that case. But yeah, I, I don't think that, that we're going to see Kenny Pickett come in this game unless it is a route and the Steelers are winning like 60 to nothing. And then maybe like he's coming in garbage time. He's not going to come in to replace Mitch Trubisky for the rest of the season in this game. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page as you. And Look, Mitch Trubisky's been in the league for, you know, six, seven years now. This is not his his first rodeo. He's had multiple head coaches, multiple offensive coordinators. Um, he's been a free agent twice. So, obviously, <laughs> if you're a first-round pick, usually that's not a, not always a great sign. But um, last two quick things here. How big of an impact is it? Is it still crazy to you how big of an impact Cam Hayward has on a week-to-week -week basis, not just on the field, on the sidelines? Every time you watch on TV – it's right to Cam Hayward, still dominating at such a hard position. Then I guess we'll get a prediction right after this. But just from a Cam Hayward perspective, how how insane is it? He's still just producing day in, day out. Now he's got his brother, too. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I think Cam Hayward's just one of my favorite stories on this team. He will tell you that he's not old. He is 34, I think, 33, 34. Um, he, he might be football getting up there in his age, um, but he's got he's only gotten better as he is aged. And he is, I think, one of the last holdovers from a, a generation of Steelers past. I mean, it was kind of him and Ben Roethlisberger that were keeping a lot of these older Steeler traditions alive. Ben retires. Cam Hayward, I believe, is the, the longest tenured Steeler, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he takes that very seriously. He's a leader. He 
He guides the younger players. He help, he's helping Najee Harris become a leader, a guy that's not even on his side of the ball, but he really took him under his wing. So I think that he's someone that this team looks to to steady the ship when things are going sideways. Um, everything he does in the community, everything he does in the locker room, all of that is just as big to me as the impact that he has on the field. Yeah, he's, he's a special player. And I think the combination of him and TJ Watt, I'm sure TJ would probably, you know, talk him a lot about how, you know, obviously he comes to his older, he can take <clears throat> advice from his older brother, but it's nice to have a, a guy on his own side of the ball that um, has that kind of leadership. Last thing we'll wrap here. Um, you don't have to give a score prediction if you don't want to kind of gut feeling and, you know, if you want to go for it, obviously, but um you know, kind of gut feeling what happens Sunday. I'm I'm leaning towards a, a close Steelers win at the moment. I think it's going to be an ugly game. Honestly, I don't think we're going to be seeing. I thought that about the Browns game, though, and then there's a 31-30 game for the Jets, and even the Browns-Steelers game ended up being, you know, the over, I guess, cash in the last play. Um, what's a, kind of your gut feeling? Um, I know a lot of Jets fans are holding on to get to 2-2, two and two, split with the AFC North, and Steelers fans are like, please get me a W here and get get let's get right before these hard games. Exactly. I, I think I'm with you. I think it will be a close game. I think it will be a very ugly game. Uh, I would take the under, although I don't know what the under is. It's 41, um, which is really low. God, that is low. Uh, yeah, I still say take the under. I, I, I think my score prediction, like 21-17. Like, I think the most we get out of one side is 21 points. And I think one of them would have to be, if the Steelers win, I think they have to have a defensive touchdown to make that happen. Um, I, I think that they, they've just got to, they need this win desperately. If they don't get this win, they could go into the bye, like what, one in seven, I think. Um, and that would be, we would be in uncharted Steelers territory under under the Mike Tomlin era. Yeah, I mean, look, my, I don't think he's never finished under 500, right? I think 500. So, I don't know. This year, there's a chance Patriots and Steelers may be joining the Jets, uh, <laughs> the Jets and the Jags, and all these and Texans down near the bottom. Um, obviously, appreciate hopping on. Brooke does a fantastic job. If you're not following her on Twitter um, and all socials, be prior. Uh, you know, from from a Twitter perspective, obviously your stuff at ESPN. Um, you know, make sure you guys are plugged in there and. Um, you know, good luck on Sunday. Hopefully your eyes don't bleed and neither do mine. And uh, we'll see a good football game. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.